For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And here we are again with another episode of Believe in Kentucky. My name is Vinny Hardy. Here with AG Aaron Gershaw from the Cats Paws. And we'll go ahead and say, look, you can get this wherever you get your podcast. As y'all know, Believe.com, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever you listen to them, it'll be there. You can watch on YouTube and tune in and Believe TV, all those different areas where you get it. AG, we had talked about potentially doing an emergency podcast earlier in the season for a positive outcome, say if they had <laughs> beaten Ole Miss or Tennessee or Georgia or something like that. But we're doing an emergency podcast <laughs> for the complete opposite reason this evening man so oh, uh, man. it's midnight on the east coast uh 12 hours ago you know kick off at kroger field thought it'd be a feel-good win get into georgia week play with house money uh but too important not to talk about this one because it, it's a setback for the program there's no if ands or buts ways around it uh losing to i mean vander every stat possible uh <laughs> and every fact possible into this game favored Kentucky. I mean, you were going up against the 130th ranked passing offense, you know, a team that hasn't won an SEC football game since 2019, a 26-game losing streak. They hadn't won a ranked road game since 2007, uh, hadn't won an SEC game on the road in, in 16 tries. Uh, no power five wins in 28 games. It goes on and on and on. And you found a way to lose to Vanderbilt. And one last thing, they were shorthanded, man. I don't know if you they showed a shot of their bench on TV, but, you know, they have that flu outbreak. I would say they had 50 guys on the chopper roster. <laughs> I mean, and who knows how many of those guys were walk-ons. I mean, it was ugly and the weather was awful. It had a bad vibe. As soon as Mike Wright, you know, had that really nice fake out for a touchdown the first quarter, it was like, uh-oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> you're losing at halftime. You fall behind by eight. And, man, even the old, even when Chris Rodriguez broke off that 72-yard score that with five minutes, you just had that sinking feeling something might happen. And, oh, uh, sure enough, it did. Sure enough, it did. Unbelievable. I, I was – Full disclosure, I was not watching today. I was you're blessed. Was about, <laughs> I, I had Tom Leach and Jeff Coro on. We were in and out. Some up here about to watch my Cowboys tomorrow in Green Bay. So in and out, 
Green Bay and different places and hitting the brewery and doing that kind of stuff. And so I would listen and, you know, it's just, you know, you, you get a turnover. Uh, Second play from scrimmage. Cash, cash that in. You're, you're getting it out of a short field. Mm. You got to go ahead and, and get a touchdown, settle for a field goal. And, and then next thing you know, it's seven to three. I thought, oh boy, and we talked Wednesday. And fortunately, I, I got you know, shout much props to Jalen Whitlow, who's not able to be with us this evening. But we just talked Wednesday on the last episode. You know, blow. Hopefully, it's a blowout. Put your <laughs> Dustin Wade, in. come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> get all this blow van. Yeah, which these games have always been closer than shoes have been, even yeah. when you've been beating Vandy. We hope, well, you know, three score favorites. Maybe this time it'll come into fruition. And absolutely not. If a game going into the fourth quarter, just like you hoped it wouldn't be. And then on top of that, you you get it stolen from you. <laughs> yeah, end. man. I mean, you mentioned that the the turn not scoring off the turnovers was awful. I mean, they actually made the 47-yard field goal, which was kind of shocking, uh, yeah. given the problems there. They did have a kick block later on, but uh, you know, at least they made that one field goal there. And then, you know, Keedron Smith, who pretty much one of the only guys you give a pass for today, uh, who had that forced fumble on that turnover, has a pick later in the first quarter, and you drive down into the red zone, and that's when you get the kick blocked. And, I, I mean, the red zone offense, it, it's been a mess all year. Uh, and it's remained – I mean, today was dreadful. You go um, – you only scored one touchdown in the red zone. That came in the fourth quarter with a C-Rod five-yard run. Uh, in the first quarter, you had two red zone ops. You kicked two field goals. In the third quarter, you had – or excuse me, in the second quarter, you have a red zone op and you, you get a kick blocked. And then, you know, two-point conversions. I mean, obviously, that's not going to count in the red zone stat sheet, but those are two red zone plays, Right. You've missed the first one. Okay. The second one, you get a mulligan and throw an incomplete pass. Uh, Vanderbilt's called for PI. So you get a chance from the one yard line and you don't give it to C-Rod. You give it to Jatan McClain and you get stuffed. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, I I think we'll go more into the Rich Sangrilla stuff. We'll save that for Jalen on Wednesday. Uh, We'll see if he even has a job by Wednesday. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like he will, but uh, I wouldn't count it out. We'll see. Um, but the, the red zone offense, whether it's the play calling, the execution, all of the above is horrendous. And then third down, man, four for 12 on third down today. Um, and the one guy we, I think we both need to hit together here tonight. I've been, we, I think we've all been big Will Levis defenders, kind of chalking it up to the O-line, chalking it up to maybe Scangrello struggling. I don't know, man. A lot of today was on Will Levis. I mean, the protection was there at times. It, it just was. And he, he he completed two passes in the second half. Two passes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what was what was Stoops' press conference like? I know you <laughs> have the thread going. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't able to listen to that. I forget what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, I need to hear this presser. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Uh I, what, yeah. what did y'all hear <laughs> well it took us 45 minutes to hear a damn thing because he took that yeah. long uh to come in there i mean he's you know his team was probably really down in that locker room so you know that was the first thing but it, it, it he was definitely he was definitely bothered i mean there's no doubt and it, it wasn't it was more of a disappointed 
to me. I mean, he he put a lot of it on himself. He, I thought some of the more telling things he, he brought up was he hasn't really found a way to get through to this team or coach this team effectively. Um, obviously, this team came in with <laughs> really high expectations, picked to finish second in the East and had the third highest odds to win the damn conference uh, behind Alabama and Georgia. So uh, that was kind of the talk, one of the talking points. He did shut down. You know, he's asked point blank, you know, could there be a coordinator move in season? He said no. But then on, with Tom Leach post game, he kind of backtracked a little bit and said he didn't want a quote to be made out of it and said, we'll evaluate things. I need to calm down sort of thing. So that's why I said, you know, we probably won't have any Scangrilla news in the next week or two, but it could come at some point. And that's why I think it's best to just save that for Wednesday. But yeah, it was definitely more of a defeated Mark Stoops, more of a disappointed uh, Mark Stoops. And baffled I mean there wasn't really you can be angry all you want but this isn't a game I mean as a fan base yeah you should be angry I mean there's no doubt about it and but as a coach I I think a lot of this I think there's more disappointment because I I would put if I had to blame people for this loss I'd put it a lot on the coaching staff and that in this game you know Brad White gets a lot of free passes but Brad White didn't call a good game in this one either so I put a lot of blame on the coaching staff and then if there's one player I got to signal out it's the quarterback man I mean he's a projected first round pick and he was moving a little bit better today I I kept saying it I mean there were a couple plays uh, that he was able to to extend a little bit with his legs or he was able to at least run for a few yards he looked better on his feet today but he holds on to that ball too long and he missed some wide open throws it's just i mean you, you kept thinking it'll click it'll click with the with the o-line yeah off even in the early part of the season even against inferior opponents uh, they'll get it cleaned up. They'll get it cleaned up. And now it got to the point where they kind of are what they are. Yes. In conference, this Vanderbilt defense. <laughs> oh, my God. The state defense, the defenses that are vulnerable and should have holes, things you can exploit, take advantage of. We expected the Tennessee game to be at least a shootout yes. of some sort. And then here today, you have – for the most part, you're stuck on nine until, you know, you, you get some stuff going late. But this Vanderbilt defense, I mean, you spit the numbers out on Wednesday's episode about how – How um, awful. They're how awful. Terrible. They're still <laughs> awful. <laughs> you should yeah. be licking your chops to go at these things, and, and you, you're not producing anything close to what you should be against them. Dan, and you know, I like that. You know, they were a little, they had, they did take some shots early and they were aggressive a little bit. Uh, and then it's, you know, that's, it wasn't working. I mean, they did hit a couple, but it wasn't resulting in touchdowns. So they went back to the ground. And, you know, Chris Rodriguez had a great second half. So, you know, again, was the play calling good today? No, but I, I just can't. Oh, oh. Overall, who who deserves the most blame for the offense? I would put it on the you know the offensive line and Scangrillo. But today, a lot of it's Will Levis. It's just that simple. There were throws that could have been made, um, and you know, 
part of it's injuries, not today, but in general. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason this offense hasn't clicked, whether it be Levis being banged up, whether it's been C-Rod missing the first four games suspended and then getting banged up himself. Juton McClain has missed games. Ramon Jefferson, who they were really counting on to be a big factor of this offense, you know, lost a season after two plays. So, um, you know, the only area they've kind of stayed healthy is the receiver room. But when your quarterback's either hurt or not playing well, they can only do so much. And you, another thing, we we kind of brought this point home a little bit last Wednesday is, you know, you got to remember, this is a really young football team outside of some of uh, some key pieces like C-Rod and Will. I mean, at receiver, you got, you're counting on two freshmen and, and Barry on Brown and Dane Key. Uh, you finally got Tavion Robinson a little more involved today and he he didn't mm-hmm. disappoint but and then at tight end you got two freshmen and Jordan Dingle and Josh Caddis so like it's a young nucleus and you need your quarterback uh to be on the money man I mean especially when the throws are there and they weren't and I, I gotta say I hate to rip Will so much but man after the game it just felt like he was throwing the blame on everyone but himself. I mean, he made the comment that guys aren't on the same page as him. He never once said that's on me. He never once said anything. He even brought up it's on the coaches and players. He never said it's on me. And usually when you have quarterbacks who are really any leader, man, the first thing they say is if it's on me, even if it's not, you know, they protect their guys and will being a fifth year senior. I just, I expect more from him, man. And it's disappointing. It it really is. And it's not to say he's not going to have a great NFL career. It's not to say, you know, he shouldn't be remembered positively at Kentucky because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, off the top of my head, I think his record is going to, is at 10 plus six wins this year, that 16 wins, uh, three losses this year, three this year for him. So 10 and six or 13, well, I don't know, <laughs> 16 and six, 16 and six as Kentucky's starting quarterback. So he's got to be remembered positively, but I don't know. I have a lot of issues with him today. Man, and it's not going to get any better next week either. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. In that stadium, and I hate to, I hate to be so negative, but when you lose to Vanderbilt, that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a red out. It's going to be a red out. <laughs> those fan, Georgia fans are among the best even when Georgia like before they became elite they're about they're among they travel man I remember the 2018 game when that was a winner take all game for the SEC East and Kentucky fans showed out but Georgia fans still outnumbered them I mean they get in and they'll, they'll be there man they'll be there yeah goodness gracious so you know defensively like you said wasn't great today no when it has been, they haven't – the complimentary football hasn't happened all year. Uh, and, you know, maybe this – if that happened, the offensive special teams could pick up the defense who's been pretty much showing up to work all season long. Yeah. They haven't. But, you know, they, they score to go ahead. You know, they're up 21-17. And wow. then the interception gets negated. And then they just marched right down the field. Vanderbilt on third down. You were there. Vanderbilt's third down conversions. Unbelievable. I mean, just because the defense couldn't get out the field. 11 for 17. (laughs) Kentucky was Uh, four for 12. (laughs) The the game-winning score for them was just, you know, you you can't let a dude cross your face. And it was no resistance by uh, carrying the Valentine. So it. Well, and of course, Vanderbilt smartly went after 
Maxwell Harrison. We went right after Harrison. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You do. Uh, yeah, and that, what, it, and Brad White did, I give that Brad White, we talked about, you know, taking responsibility. Brad White took it on the chin, man. He said he should, he should have gotten Maxwell Harrison more help. How do you have Maxwell Harrison, who hadn't played hardly a snap? I don't know if he played a snap in that game. I really don't. Carrington goes out. He he bumps in with uh he gets into the collision with the Vanderbilt receiver on the play before. It's fourth and eleven. Game ends if you get that stop. Mm-hmm. How do you put a guy who has barely played in in man coverage against a speedy receiver? I, I just how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, are you underestimating Brett, uh, Mike Wright? I understand you might like the kid, but man, he's a red shirt freshman who hadn't played all day, and you put him in man coverage with the game on the line. That was just that was hard to watch and hard to understand. And you know, credit Vanderbilt for making the play. I mean, obviously, amazing play by Mike Wright uh, and Quincy Skinner who made that play. And then you said the touchdown. That was just awful coverage. I mean, Shepard was wide open um, in the end zone and and the hands to the face. I mean, there were a lot. I felt like any time some outside of the 72-yard touchdown by C-Rod, it felt like any time Kentucky did something positive, the yellow flag was out. I mean, Tavion Robinson had a really nice punt return. That got negated. They had another return that wasn't bad. I think by Brown, it, that got negated. They had a couple first down runs negated. And then the pick, I mean, Octavius literally just threw his hands and threw a guy's helmet off. Uh, and that led to that. So it's just, it, it's it's very, it's all too familiar with this team. It feels like the same. And, you know, we saw them have that result against South Carolina and you just, you know, you wanted to just chalk it up to a backup quarterback. But, you know, today the perfect storm happened and they lost to a team that hasn't won a conference game since, you know, before COVID was a thing. So Clark Lee and Shane Beamer both come in. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And get wins that they can all all the cliches they can hang their hat on. They can get momentum. This can, you know, change the face of change their the culture. Yep. And launch them into getting where they want to be. Statement wins, if you will. Over team that was established and consistently finishing second. Oh, that's in they- Lexington. Not like you went down to Nashville and got trapped. Not like you went down and stand, sandstorm was in your face and all that. You lost it on your home turf. Yeah. Yeah. And We've seen Kentucky in the underdog positions. We've seen them have that chip on their shoulder. Here, the, the expectations were higher this year, and they finally got picked ahead of South Carolina. We've been wanting that for years. They finally got picked second in the East, and you know who's going to challenge Georgia more, Kentucky or Tennessee? Now they finally get some love, and then it just – so now it'll kind of – all the respect you're trying to get, you 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 just kind of thrown it all back away, and everybody's gonna kind of look at you like, man, we can't really take y'all that seriously. 
Yeah. And I, it's hard to blame them. It's hard to blame them. And, you know, obviously it sounds like we're going to get NIL news, crazy timing about a collective on Monday, <laughs> asking for money after that. But yeah. it's still, when you lose games like this, you know, throw NIL out, it, it just goes back to who's, you know, you had recruits in the building today. Are they going to be impressed? I, I don't think so. Uh, and also, you know, trying to keep your own and, you know, if, if that, you know, with NIL still going to be more formidable elsewhere, if you're, if you were hanging your head on, uh, you know, Kentucky being on the rise, still, still having a lot to accomplish. Well, how do you like envision that happening when you lose to Vanderbilt at home uh, while you're a ranked team, right? You just don't. And obviously, I mean, look, they're going to lose to Georgia. You, it, The goal is to not get embarrassed. It's sad that that's the goal, but that's the goal next week. And that's, you know, that's just as much about how good Georgia is than how bad Kentucky's playing right now. But mm-hmm. we were all, I think, <laughs> I think, I don't know how much we talked about it on this podcast, but all year long, it was the Louisville Kentucky game would be huge for Louisville. You know, if Louisville won that game, Scott Satterfield might be able to save his job. They might have to hang their head on win that gets them, you know, propelled into next year. Maybe even they're at five wins and they needed to get to bowl eligibility. Who knows? There was a, a bunch of different things where it felt like it would be a huge game for Louisville and Kentucky had to just take care of business. Yeah. Now they're kind of both going to be in the same boat, right? I mean, Kentucky's going to be probably six and five. I don't know. I know Louisville lost to Clemson today. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm going to look real quick who they have next week. They play North Carolina State. So that's kind of a toss up game uh, with that game being uh, at Cardinal Stadium. But, um, so you're going to either have two six and five teams or you're going to have a seven and four and a six and five team. And it's a huge game for both sides. It, it's equally as important because if if Kentucky can, you know, continue to at least, you know, you lost your winning streak over Vanderbilt. You lost the the momentum uh, mini streak because you had it snapped a few years ago, but momentum in the South Carolina series. Um, you were able to keep on the Florida one. That's about it. But if you can keep that Louisville streak going, maybe that can spark some momentum and say, okay, look, at least we still have our state. Let's go take care of a bowl game and go into 2023 as strong as possible. But, you know, Kentucky's probably going to lose to Georgia. And then Louisville has the number one pass rush in, in the country. And Kentucky is the worst, one of the worst passing, uh, you know, pass blocking offensive line. So it's a matchup nightmare. And yeah. the, the stakes are just going to be humongous. And I can't believe we're at this point where that game is going to mean anything other than bragging rights. But it's going to mean a whole ton. Yeah, just a like a, just a disaster. Uh, and even last week with Missouri, everybody talked about, well, a win is win. We'll take it, yeah, which it is. But you you knew it was yeah, things. It was ugly. <laughs> it was an ugly win. I mean, the, I think the bright spots were that the offense scored three touchdowns in a game, and I don't even know if they've done that. I know they've scored 21 at least twice now, but I don't know if they had a three-touchdown game in SEC play yet, and Missouri did have a very – Missouri, I know they got their ass kicked today by Tennessee, but that's Tennessee, but Missouri does have a very good defensive front, and they were a bad matchup for Kentucky. So that was a good win, and you don't you don't want to take that win away but it definitely for any of the fans who are like kind of like, oh, that was an ugly win. I don't know. They have every right to say that now right. uh, when you lose to Vanderbilt by the city. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just, you lost to Vanderbilt. 
you lost to Vanderbilt. You didn't lose to James Franklin Vanderbilt. Uh, you <laughs> lost a second year Clark Lee Vanderbilt, and it's uh, 28 games without beating a power five. 28 games. And they lost to yeah, Eastern that's... Tennessee. They've lost to Eastern Tennessee State more more recently than losing <laughs> uh, losing to, uh, to I don't know. Just they lost to Eastern Tennessee State last year. I mean, come yeah. on. Uh, Twenty at home. Yeah, at home. Yeah, they scored like six points. Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about having to dig deep, and and after, let's see. Was it last week? When was when was Stoops, Stoops was kind of down and had to talk with Dr. Capilouto? That was that was yeah, going into the Missouri game after they lost yeah. at uh after they lost in Knoxville. Right, 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 right. And so now to go 0 for two against the state of Tennessee, you know, Tennessee and Vandy. Ugh. Yeah, so, and you know, Nick, Nick Rush made this point, by the way, a really interesting one. Kentucky hasn't had a season since 2013, which is obviously Stoops' first year, where they've lost two games to that Vanderbilt, uh, Missouri, uh, South Carolina cluster. They haven't had a multi-loss season against those two teams since that debuted season. That's how bad this year has gone. Man. Huh. So we uh, lick the wounds and see what happens and See what happens between now and, and Wednesday as far as news and adjustments and whatever. basketball team looks good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe <Right>. Cal was right. <laughs> yeah, and and we we talk about being in different position, being respected. You know, you you've been picked as an underdog, and you've been now you get picked. You know, to challenge and contend. And you also you you also stepped out of character talking and, and you got to talk the talk to walk the walk. Not, you're you're not holding up on the end of the bargain. Talked about Beamer and then just kept on going back. And now it's, mm, it's, it's hasn't it hasn't been a good Mark Stoops. I think we can say one thing officially. Mark Stoops had a bad talking season. He had a bad talking season. Uh, I'm sure Tony mm-hmm. Neely and Susan Laps will be all over him this summer to get that in shape. Cause he just wanted Beamer just because he felt like it, right? That was was that him finding? Yeah, Beamer? I mean, he obviously didn't put say Beamer's name, but you know, when it came when the video of that stupid video, it was a stupid video, came yeah. out, and you make that comment the next day about your SEC East rival. I mean, so it, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't like Beamer had said anything prior to never he just, I, he there just was saw no, the video and the video bothered him and so he says something yeah. there wasn't even any like you know the missouri had to have his animosity towards kentucky like obviously we saw what martez manuel said eli drinkwitz has always not been a kentucky guy you just listen to his pressers but there's never been like even though kentucky's been the better team like Muschamp and stoops were were friends so there was mm-hmm. never any beef there and like shane beamer what beef is there with Mark Stoops? There was none. So, it, it, I mean, they're rivals because they play in the same division, but there was never like a, a real rivalry there. I mean, it, I felt like Vanderbilt was more of a rival just because of the history than South Carolina. And then you say that and, you know, you start something and, you know, unlike Missouri, South Carolina obviously talked that talk and walked it. Yeah, absolutely. So emergency podcast for the wrong reasons. and Yeah. Uh, 
He lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, he just still didn't even can't even process what we saw and heard today. Even with the weaknesses this team has, you still didn't see this coming. Absolutely not. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter literally like a little before we started. Uh, I'm going to get his comment real quick before we get off here because it was telling and it was BS because, you know, like you just said, you're exactly right. You know, this team has its flaws. Uh, This team has not been consistent this year. They absolutely should not have lost this game and no one should have expected them to lose this game. Um, having trouble finding it, but it was basically on the lines of, you know, Kentucky's loss is mojo. I don't know why anyone's surprised. Again, Vanderbilt hasn't won an SEC game since any of us knew what COVID was. And way before that, you know, I was in the press box in 2019 when Kentucky with Lynn Bowden killed them. And that was the streak was already begun by then. And they haven't won eight. They haven't won a road SEC game in 16 tries or had a ranked road win since 2007 when I was eight years old. I mean, come on. That's how embarrassing today was. No one should have expected that. Right. Exactly right. Yep. I don't know. There's not much left to to say about it. We still just have to shake our heads like we're doing right now, and that will continue over the next few days. Um, And... We'll see what news continues to come yeah. out. We'll get we'll get Jalen's take. Uh, I'm sure he'll be uh he'll, he'll be he'll have it. <laughs> he'll have it ready to yeah, rock. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget about friends at Lots of Rain. Go set yourself a nice timepiece. You get a whole lot more watch uh, than you have to pay out money to get that watch because it is a very very nice watch at. A not very, very good T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Check out a sea of blue. These episodes go up there on their site as well. We appreciate uh, Jason Martin putting them on Twitter and Facebook page and, and getting them out there for the BBN to check out. Uh, join us again on Wednesday. We should have the full crew. I don't know if I have any guests or not, but uh, at least it'll be you, Aaron, and Jalen and myself. And, We'll continue to talk about what's going on with Kentucky football, Kentucky as a whole as well, but um, still been focused on the football and bad taste in everybody's mouths. And they kind of brought on themselves today against Vanderbilt. Yep. Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. It's still, and so you just say Vanderbilt and shake your head and, and then just, Disaster. That's the, the disaster. Worst. Embarrassment, disaster, all of the above, man. And at the end, I do want to say quickly, hat tip to Vanderbilt. Obviously, it's a great accomplishment. I know I'm being mean, but you still got to beat those guys. But Mike Wright's a great guy. I really enjoyed him in Atlanta. And glad he was able to get a, get one in there. Yeah. Just wish it wasn't today. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So until Wednesday evening, everybody, stay safe. Uh, don't be too down about it. Find something else to do to enjoy the rest of the weekend with. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, we, we'll they'll play again Saturday. Uh, Michigan State coming up on the basketball side. Competition is going up. Um, so we'll see, you know, severe wheel hitting from jumpers and stuff. Well, it's a fun game. Even if it doesn't translate, the fact that he worked with Tyler Ulysses that cannot be a bad thing for him. 
Yeah. Know, they got the, got the small size in common, tenacious defenders in common. But Euless was was stone cold with that jumper. So if he can just impart a little bit of that to Severe, where he has to make defense to keep him honest, that I mean, that just adds another dimension to this team that has a lot of pieces. You got two shooters. You got a big – the player of the year coming back oh, in the middle. And you have a monster of a freshman who we'll talk about more as we go on, man. That, they're, and, yeah, they're a fun watch. And we – and look – I don't know if there's any faster bigs. Oscar is not slow getting them down the court. And Ugana can move, too. He is not lumbering. He busts his butt getting yep. up and down the court, uh, yep. changing ends. It is impressive. I was like, I just, that's all I kept watching in these oh, opening he, games. And you just like, can't. You know, Howard and, you know, just look at that guy. Yeah. He can move. No, he's uh, he, he's got a lot of Oscar in him. I mean, just yeah. the way they, their mannerisms, their – the, I mean, obviously they're both bigs, but man, if once Ugana, you know, softens his touch a little bit down low, and he scored nine points on on Friday, but yeah, he's got they they are very similar players in their style. The only difference is Ugana's has a seven five wingspan and can block shots even better. So uh, yeah, they've got they've got a special team this year. There's no no doubt. Absolutely, we'll talk about all that and more Wednesday. Man, Aaron Gershon, y'all check him out at the Cats Poll. Always putting out great content. Check his threads out in game from the press box as he gives you all the details of what's happening, play by play, uh, all the good commentary, all the good content. Check us out on Believe in Kentucky. Get them wherever you get your podcast. Watch us, listen to us, whatever you like. Tell your friends about us. Give us five stars and rate us and all that stuff too. And we will see y'all on Wednesday evening. Enjoy what's up to your weekend and try to be safe. We'll holler back at y'all Wednesday evening on Believe in Kentucky. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.